What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. I'm very excited. We have a very cool guest, a little different, a little bit off the cuff. He is from Philadelphia. He was sentenced to a life in prison under the Armed Career Criminal Law. He, the DOJ released him from federal prison to work a terrorism case. And he kept working cases with the FBI and the Secret Service until he was ended that career as the top paid CEO in, in Philadelphia. Please welcome Johnny Culpepper. Johnny, thank Hello, you for everyone. being here today. <laughs> you have a very, very interesting story. Um, can you introduce yourself and tell the audience a little bit about your background? Sure. My name is Johnny Culpepper. Um, as she just said, I was an uh, armed career criminal, sentenced to do life in prison. But uh, because of my knowledge of Islam, because of my associating with certain individuals in Philadelphia in that world, I was able to uh, find out about a terrorism plot to blow up the building in Philadelphia. So the Department of Justice let me out of prison to work that plot. It was originally on a 30-day pass, but that plot opened up other plots. And uh, I ended up working from them from 2005 until 2014 or 15. Which agents still tell me today that's so unheard of yeah. that you know you work for us for that long. Yeah, for almost but, ten years. Yeah, yes, yes. So, it's not very often that I sit down with someone that has had you know a lot of criminal history in their past. Um, so, when did you start your your career or your criminal career? Oh, very early. I was born in Chicago. Oh, you were born here. Yeah, I'm, oh. I'm, yeah. I was. My mother right. still lives in, on the south side. And, uh, but it was on that south side that my family experienced a lot of death on the nine. And so my mother, to make a better life for me and my brothers, uh, sent us to Philadelphia to live with my father. You know, he was a Pentecostal minister, so I guess she was thinking yeah. he could straighten us out. But uh, Philadelphia was just as bad as, as, as Chicago. And um, it, my criminal life started early. I could play basketball pretty well, so that was going to be my out. Yeah. But... Um, I had older brothers, and while I'm playing basketball, they're pulling up in, well, this is the 80s, so 1988 yeah. Fierros and so Oh, yeah, so you're probably like, whoa. Yeah, so, and my brother, to his credit, you know, tried to keep me out of the game. But yeah. before you know it, I was robbing the banks and check casting places and anything you could just possibly think of, um, including robbing drug dealers we used to do, because I oh, used wow. to stand drug dealers for a while. But, uh that got kind of heated when, you know, bullet, bug, drug dealers shoot back. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do <laughs> so that. So that kind of heated. So we graduated to banks. And then uh, when I came home, uh, like I said, I was working on federal terrorism for a long time. And things were going well um, until I had to take a family member to uh, Philadelphia. And while I was taking that family member to Philadelphia, that family member's family approached me about, uh, a hit for hire because you know that the streets was a part of my life so yeah. I did have that rep and uh, the long story short that was the beginning of the end with my relationship with the federal government because I didn't want to work that case I knew them sure. where it's different from I'm fighting terrorism these people are trying to blow up the country now you're asking me to do something against somebody I know but you know once the once you in bed with the feds you're in bed with them so yeah. they got a way of you know what I'm saying getting I mean, stuff out of it. It, 
I, I hate to use this terminology, but once you're in with a gang, you're in with a gang. <laughs> yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's why I don't think so. You I'm not really know. To, yes, I don't want to play yes, that game. Yes. Well, I don't want to make a long story short because we yes. still have some time. We gotta we gotta talk to the audience oh, okay. here and tell them a little bit more about your your history. So, yes. How old were you when you you did your first bank robbery? Fourteen. You're fourteen. Yes. Wow. Well, what, okay, that was not a bank, though. That was a, a restaurant. But then very, very soon after that, we graduated to check out some places and banks. Oh but that goodness. was actually a restaurant. Me and my brother, we hit in the drop ceiling, and when the restaurant closed, we dropped down on the manager. <laughs> Give me the loot! Give me the loot! Oh, and my God. <laughs> I'm that sorry, should have laughed. No, You're yeah, very young no, to be doing yeah, that. I can't even imagine. We didn't hurt nobody, you right. know, no one, but yeah, we got the loop, though. So did you get caught for that first one? No, didn't get caught for uh, quite a few of them. Um, the first one I got caught for was actually, I was in a, a stolen car, taking it back to the Bronx, New York, which I also used to live, um, to a chop shop up there. And uh, the police got behind us, started chasing me and this girl. We went under a truck, the, the uh, roof went halfway off. I'm fine, not a scratch on me. Yeah. So I pop out, my theme music comes on, Six Million Dollar Man, I start running. <laughs> she got broken ribs and stuff, oh, and um, no. she ended up telling on me. And oh. when she told, she knew she was my girlfriend at the yeah. time, so she knew about the banks and all of that. And she sung like Diana Ross. Oh, wow. And that was the first time that we got caught in... That was wow, my how first that time. You, did that make you salty? I heard, yes, I was for a long yeah. time. But then she told me that the reason she told was because my father told her to tell because my father was scared. He also was a Allentown, Pennsylvania police officer. Oh. And so he had his ear to the, and they were telling Around. my dad that they're going to shoot me when they catch well, me. Yeah. Wow. yeah, so it was, uh, it was quite an experience. So I was mad at her at first, but then when she told me, my father told her to tell us, like, hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. But then it turned out to be true. My father finally admitted the truth. He was like, he was scared for my life. Well, yeah. I mean, I, as a parent, I can't even imagine. I mean, first of all, I can't imagine doing any type, like, having the idea of doing any kind of robberies at all. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's not something that I'd, I'd really want to do because I'd be scared to get caught. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. And, you know, this was back in the 80s where the social media was not where it right. is today. Yeah. Now you could be robbing a people, people come out the back pocket. Gotcha, Dagos. And yeah. the police that, you know, it's, it's way different today. I wouldn't oh. even, ed, I don't advise or I wouldn't partake in those activities at all no more. Well, I would hope not. Especially no, after yeah, your, I'm trying to do the positive your... thing, do <laughs> Use my story to make a change. That's good. That, that's great. And we're going to get back into that right sure. after these words from our sponsor. What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Ho, 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 ladies. The holidays came early, not only for you, but for your man here at Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. Manscaped just launched new products that your man will actually use, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. Also, this awesome refined cologne. It smells so sexy. My man loves it. I love him wearing it, especially after he's all clean shaven, using the lawnmower 4.0 and trimming those nasty nose hairs and those ear hairs. You know, you know what I'm saying, ladies? It's time to give the man in your life the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use the code labelfree20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's right, ladies, 20% off and free shipping with the code labelfree20 at manscaped.com. 
Hey guys, Deanna here with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life, you must live label free. I'm here with Johnny Culpepper, listening to his story as uh, he was a, a career criminal, worked for the FBI, Secret Service, um, with some terrorism cases. Johnny, so before we went to a break, you were telling us how you, you were robbing banks as, as a teenager and yes. your girlfriend, she squealed on you. Yes, Because sure. <laughs> your father was worried that you were going to be Yes, killed, yes. yes they, killed. At this time, I could already say that they had already shot at my brother several times. Oh, she just gosh. just shot, yeah. Wow. Talk about law enforcement, so. Yeah. My father, I was the youngest, so he was very scared for me, so. Sure. I, I forgave everybody for all the telling. <laughs> so before we get into the story of, you, you know, going, your, your life sentence in prison, how many banks or how many robberies did you do in your career? Ooh. Uh, you, you can't count them on two hands. Uh, let's just say that. Um, wow. We'll put it this way. When I got arrested by the feds, because they, um, it was a big bank chase, and when they arrested me for their bank robbery, I actually got caught, but it was a big bank chase. Okay. So uh, they said that they were already watched. They already knew that I had something to do with eight banks. Wow. Yeah, so. Eight it, banks. It, this is like a movie. I swear <laughs> to God. We're going to yeah. hold on. There might be something there. Uh, but that's, yeah, that's so, a lot. You, yes. And so were you, so then you were armed every time you did a robbery. Yes. It okay. was sometimes, I've done some by myself. I've done some with some family from South Philly. I've done some with some friends from New York as well. And what, um, what motivated you to, to rob banks? What were you looking to achieve? Money. Status. Uh, I status was tired of being in the hood and in the ghetto, like. I wanted out at that time. It was clear that basketball wasn't going to do it. And like I said, uh, you know, my father did his best. We always had food on the table and stuff like that. But we, you know, stuff like designer clothes and yeah. let alone a pair of Jordans. Forget about that. Yeah. I better wear these $5 mobile supermarket shoes, you know. And that was a lot of motivation. And then everybody knows to get the girl, you got to have what? Money. money in the flash. Yeah. So that was all my thing back then. And how old were you when you got when you finally were arrested and were sentenced to life in prison? Uh, I was. Let me see. In two thousand, I was thirty-five when I got when I when I when my PSI came back to life uh, for armed career criminal. I was thirty-five. But however, when I learned how when I first got certified, I was seventeen. Off of the first one, and I went to Greaterford State. Certified? What do you mean certified? That's when you're young, but they put you in an adult. Prison oh, I got you. Oh, because of your crimes and everything. <gasps> oh my so, lord! Yeah. And but luckily, when they put me in Greaterford State Prison, there was a guy by the name of Ab Amin Abdul Jabbar. He used to be a, a bodyguard for Honor Elijah Muhammad, and he was also a boxing trainer. He trained Bernard Hopkins, who I met in person, uh, who was the heavyweight champion. I mean, the middleweight champion of the world for a while. And through wow. him, I learned how to read and write Arabic with Imam Shamsuddin Ali. And uh, so, you know, in the Muslim faith, I, you have to know what you're, what you're reading. Right. So a lot of people don't take the time to. But because of sure. my tulich up under them, I learned how to read and uh, write Arabic. 
That's quite that's quite a useful tool. He gave you a gift. Yeah. Yo hablo espanol too. Like if I'm interested in it, <laughs> if I'm interested in it, not to sound you already know I'm gonna get it. Yeah. I'm gonna get what I put my mind to. Bien, y tú? Ah, sí, sí. <laughs> sí. I know, like that's about the extent of it for me. Oh. <laughs> my, my fiance actually speaks five languages, so like yeah, he he tests me all the time. I'm just like, okay, slow slow down, slow down. But I would actually I don't know if I have the patience, but I think that learning to read and write Arabic and understand it would be a really great, useful tool. Well, let's let's talk yeah. about that. Let's get into that story. So you were in prison. Yeah. You were so going to be serving a life sentence. Yeah, but not but, so without getting into any specifics. But yeah, through my cooperation with federal, through the federal government, I learned about a terrorism plot to blow up the Philadelphia. And I can talk about this because it's common knowledge. Right. Agents in New York was like, "Hey, we hear what you did for the building in Philadelphia. Thank you." So that, this, this plot is common knowledge. Why I wasn't put on the news and all of that at the time, because this person discovered this plot, is because that plot was part of something bigger. Bigger, right. Yeah, so yeah. that's what you know, kept going. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah. That's, hold on. That's, that's a little <laughs> scary to be involved in something like that, knowing that, you, that you're here overhearing a terrorism plot. Because yes. that, that's pretty scary, because those people kind of like, they, I mean, that chain of command... Runs deep. Yeah, and it got and it ran deep pretty fast. Put it this way, I was part of a case where, and you know, the agents used to say this all the time, and it's it is true knowledge. President Bush was the Bush at the time. He was getting briefed on our operation oh, daily. Wow. Yes. That's intense. Out of the Philadelphia Squad Six office. Wow. So God had a plan for you. He had, ah, a, he, he yes. had a plan for you. He said, okay, you're going to run wild. You're going to be this criminal, but then we're, I'm going to give you a gift so that it's going to save your life and get your life on a new direction. Yes. So. And that's very interesting because it was because of my street life and my street cred that allowed me to be successful at when I became a terrorism reformer for the government. So because how many Muslims don't play? <laughs> oh no, See, that's what I'm saying. Exactly like, right. you know, I'd be, I'd be, you know, I think you're very brave to be wanting to tell your story. Well, there was, yeah, there was one plot where they, I mean, they they wanted me to send me overseas to Yemen, and I just had to. I was like, please, I, you know, fighting terrorism in my country is one thing. Right. You want to send me somewhere where I don't know the streets and don't know oh, right. how to move? I was like. Not going to be able to do it. <laughs> Can you do it? Not going to be able to do that one. Oh, my gosh. So your story, your story is like a movie. So what is your plans with everything that you've been through in your life? And you're good now, right? You, your life is good. Oh, yeah. I work. I actually work with the governor now. I mean, I'm vaccinated. I'm, everything's good. I haven't been in trouble since. I, they let me out <laughs> of jail in 2005 on a 30-day pass. Yeah. I never went back. I haven't been back. Good. And, I, you know, I worked for them for 10 years, but then when that fell sour, um, I got regular jobs. But now, with you know, living in Chicago, and I got family in New York, family in, in the Bronx, New York, and in Philly, and um, just this youth, and, you know, just, it's like we're killing ourselves for no reason. It's yeah. like when they don't have nothing to do, yes. you know, to take them away from that, the, the positive images that they look up at, is all in the street life and, you know, in the, in the drill life and stuff like that. So I just want to use my life because, you know, whatever they're doing, I've been through it. Yeah. I, I've, I've been through it, sticking up drug dealers on the corner and all of that. But I just want to, you know, build the Youth Opportunity Development Center to show them there's a different way. And I believe I could do this because my career with the feds came to an end. Like I said, when a family member yeah. asked me to do a hit for hire. 
Um, long story short, we, me and the feds went back and forth with that. Um, and it ended our relationship with them. Now, at the time, there was a, a young woman reporter. She was young at that time. Her name is Kitty Caparella. She wrote stories about the Philadelphia mob oh, wow. and uh, true crime stories. And she was actually doing a, a, a book on me. And then we were going to fly to California because someone was interested in doing a TV series. And yeah. At the time, yeah. there actually was, I think it was called The Cell or something like that about an informant who was in jail but my life it was actually real life wow like i was actually going to be sentenced to life in prison yeah. in 2005 for an armed career criminal and um they the department of justice let me out of jail yeah. to work terrorism and i've been here ever since i've worked a few successful cases and i just want to use if i could generate enough publicity from that story because someone was interested in it before yes um I just wanted, this, this is my goal, to get the Youth Opportunity Development Center. I want to get some, um, you know, everybody can say a rhyme if you ask them. Sure. But, you know, how many of us know how to write music? How many of us know how to code? Uh, I want to get back to working with your hands. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and a and lot of us... That's what you want to do in your youth, youth Opportunity Center. Yes. You want to teach them the skills yes. that, that's going to keep them off the street. Yes. And not, and not, uh, and not do get involved in And crime. when they're suffering, like, I, you know, I, I watch some of your uh, podcasts and you have wellness life coaches on there yeah. and stuff like that. And these are stuff I want to incorporate into the uh, Youth Development Center. It's it. like your girl, Corinda Dion said. Yes. Take aim. Yes. That's <laughs> when right. When life can oh, make yes. you lemons, yeah. take aim. You don't have to make lemonade all yeah. the time. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. Yes. So before we wrap things up and say goodbye, Johnny, by the way, thank you for so much for sharing your story. If anybody My out pleasure. there knows someone that would be interested in, in sharing his story, creating a movie, helping him write a book, something, please reach out to him. Where can people find you? You could find me. You could email me at j.artez828 at gmail.com or on Twitter, uh, Twitter, Twitter at Johnny Culpepper, C-U-L-P-E-P-P-E, -E, the number eight. Okay, and I will put those, those links, the, the links and hit the email handle in the show notes. I like to ask my guests for any last words of wisdom or advice they'd like to leave with the audience before we say goodbye. Sure. Okay, how about this? It's just my lifestyle. It's not the mistakes you make or the chances you take, because everybody has to fail in order to succeed. Without failure, there will be no success. You just need to apply what you know and grow. Sometimes process is a slow process, but focus, determination, it gets you there. Love it. That was beautiful. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing that. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. Live your best life. You must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, share, follow. All those good, good things, and I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.